regardless of why you showed up today, you showed up for a reason. Maybe it's because you love a certain senator from Vermont. about the new DNC chairman and the future of the Democratic policy. Or... Hello and welcome to Ramjack versus the Circus Sovereign in the Tent of Shadows. Hello, citizens of all stripes. Villains, heroes, ne'er-do-wells, lollygaggers. I'm watching you lollygaggers. Uh, we're back for another exciting episode of the Ramjack Podcast, and with me, it's Dan! Yay! It's just me. Just you. I didn't bring a cheesecake, so Tammy <laughs> oh, didn't show up. Yeah, she's like, not gonna happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tammy's on a uh, fifth grade field trip. Oh, <laughs> oh she's having fun. Oh. She's having a good time. Yeah. yeah, they're in Charleston, South Carolina, just uh, enjoying some things, I'm sure. I, uh, Tammy with a, with a crew of fifth graders in South Carolina. Yeah. And they took a bus there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And on a bus. On a bus. <laughs> I can't wait to hear those tales. Oh, there, there are some stories. Oh, oh my goodness. And, um, I know we have some, uh, April Anarchy coming up soon enough. Guys. Uh, and I think Tammy's got a few just from this trip alone. Nice. Guys, I, I believe next episode very well may be April Anarchy. So, uh, oh. yeah. There might be one in between. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. It really depends on how quickly I edit this and right. if I record another one in between time. There you go. It's a mystery. Who knows? Uh, right off the top, I um, always like to get politics out of the way first. <sighs> I think I'm to the point, not that it's been uh, taking me far to get here, but I think I'm at the point where I hate the, the Democrats' uh, um, more than the Republicans right now. <laughs> Why is that? I just... The fucking DNC mm-hmm. is the worst. I mean, first, they lost to Donald Trump. Yeah. They lost to Donald Trump. They lost all the seats and everything they could lose. They lost. Yeah. And is it mostly Hillary Clinton's fault? Absolutely. But the fucking DNC machine is a goddamn mess. And I can't fucking deal with it. And you would think, okay, you know, they made historic losses... Um, and they lost to Donald Trump, the worst politician to ever run for office. I mean, okay, can we even call him a politician? I, I mean, uh, uh, he's a fucking rapist. <laughs> like, I, he's a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. And you would think that maybe, just maybe, the DNC would be like, wow, we need to fucking get our shit together. <laughs> yeah. And no, they haven't. And they're still making excuses, and it's a goddamn nightmare. And now there's polls that, like, who's the most popular politician in the country? Bernie Sanders. Of course. And what has what the DNC been doing for the last week? Trying to throw him under the bus again. Wow. So they've taken him out on this fucking unity tour with Tom Perez. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, they're, of course, you know, it's to get support back for the... Trying to get some support for the Democrats. Probably trying to raise some money. Just trying to get out there. 
of course, take Bernie Sanders. He's the most popular politician in the country. It makes all the sense. You would want to take him. People, crowds go to see Bernie Sanders. Yes. Because they like what he has to say. He's got good policies. And they put him out there on this unity tour, which, I mean, already, like, all right, cool, cool. Um, And you would think, okay, well, maybe the DNC's coming around. We're going to have unity. We're going to fucking, you know, get this shit together. No, by unity, they mean get in fucking line, Bernie Sanders, and shut the fuck up. So they've gone out a couple of times, and uh, Bernie talks. Of course, he gets huge cheers from the crowd. Tom Perez comes out to booze because Tom Perez is the fucking worst. And they're saying contradictory statements. Oh, and yeah. as it goes on, like I don't, I don't know, like how much longer this thing is going. If it's still going right now, but like I, something's going down. I mean, well, clearly there's a lot of things going down, but like there's something going down because Bernie Sanders is not pulling punches anymore, as he shouldn't. No, no, like he's, I, like he's, he's had the same message for forty years. Yeah. Nothing has changed. No. So I like, but the thing is, he's a nice fucking guy. Like he wouldn't attack Hillary Clinton that hard in the primaries. No. Like he was a very, he was overly nice to her, and and it's the same thing now. Like he's he's like he's been really easy on the Democrats, but like it's he's getting he's getting there. He's getting there, which is nice to see. So if he would have dug a little deeper on Hillary, would he have gotten the nomination? I I, I think it's very likely. But really. I, I mean, if he'd done it from early on, from early okay. on, because she's easy to attack, because well, she's yeah. the least liked politician in the country. Yeah. Um, more so now, even. More so now. But it was just, a, I felt like it was one of those where DNC had already decided, yeah, like, the okay, DNC, this is what's going to happen. Well, yeah, clearly. That's... they. I mean, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was polling for Hillary Clinton, obviously. Um, Hillary was getting debate questions leaked to her in advance. Which is fucking insane. I mean, everything everything was against him, and also just the way the primaries are set up. Like you have to, you had like in a lot of places you have to be registered as a Democrat, and that's that's a thing in a lot of places. But like that works against him hugely because it brings out establishment Democrats and people that were independent Mm -hmm. may not have got a chance to vote. Yeah, I I finally became a Democrat because of that reason. Yeah, because I was always you know uh, not affiliated with any party. Of course. Um. But because of that alone, you know, you had mentioned something, and I was like, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That- yeah, that's the one reason I'm still a Democrat, because if I could fucking get myself off that fucking list, I would do it in a second. But I don't want a chance that I'm going to get stuck with another shitty uh, Democratic candidate. Yeah. Um, if I can possibly primary somebody. So that's the only reason I'm staying. But so this week, um, I, I don't know if you've heard, there's a lot of talk about how Bernie's is uh, um, anti-abortion. Um, okay. Uh, except he's never been anti-abortion, but there's all the talk uh, because he he supported um, a, a Democratic candidate running that is um, that is anti-choice and like which understandably like you shouldn't do that. But here's the thing: he's on this fucking unity tour and he's being he's, all this shit is being thrown at him and he just needs to get in line with the party. And he got a lot of crap for not supporting. Um, some Democrat running, um, like, in the last couple of weeks at first. Mm. He eventually gave in, but, like, he didn't. Um, and so another one came up, and he went along and supported them, and they happened to be anti-choice. It's a Democrat. Tom Perez is definitely voting for this person. I'm Nancy sure. Pelosi supports this person. All these people support this person, because it's, like, a red district, like, okay. bullshit thing. Gotcha. Like, yeah. Like, it's a shitty Democrat. Like, I am against supporting any shitty Democrats. I'm done with it. Yeah. Like, I may never vote for another Democrat again for the for the rest of my life, <laughs> um, but because I'm not supporting shitty candidates in any sh- way, shape, or form anymore. So there's all these hit pieces now about Bernie Sanders, and like, I just did a, a Google to check this. 
Um, top stories. Bernie Sanders abortion rights Democrats and feminists attack him. <laughs> Democrats have been terrible at talking about abortion since long before Bernie Sanders. Why abortion is a progressive economic issue after all? Like, there's all this shit. Uh, what? Like, and here's the thing. And like, Bernie came out and he was like, "Hey, listen, yeah, I'm I'm pro-choice, um, but like, we have, you know, some of the, some people in the party uh, may not be, and we like big tent bullshit, like." Well, I mean, here's the thing. So, I mean, are we expected to just imagine that every single Democrat or just politician in general? They're going to be exactly in line with everyone else. I mean, I guess that's yeah. like the big picture. That's what they want to imagine. Mm-hmm. But no. But I, I love how that works when it works against Bernie Sanders. But like anytime, like if you were supporting, like I'm only, I like personally, I mean, I'm only, I'm not supporting anyone that's a warmonger. I'm not supporting yeah. anyone that's pro corporations. Like if you're pro Citizens United, I'm not going to support you. Um, but that's like left wing crazy. But if it happens to be Bernie Sanders that says it, all of a sudden it's like, oh, Bernie Sanders is the problem. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, this is just another fucking hit piece. And I'm sick of it. Cause like, Bernie Sanders is great. He's probably my favorite politician. Yeah. Um, like, it's hard to be against him, but like, he's not perfect. But like, of course not. I, I'm sick of having to feel like I have to defend like Bernie Sanders because lunatics come out of the woodwork because everyone's trying to fucking take him down because the Democratic Party is so fucking shitty they can't stand it because they're paid to lose. In New York right now, there's like eight Democrats that are um, officially like not voting for anything that the Democrats stand for and they're voting with the Republicans. And that's only so it makes it makes Cuomo look better because then he can be supportive of these strong progressive issues while at the same time none of it's getting passed. Nothing anti-corporate is getting passed in New York because there's eight Democrats that are holding out for Cuomo. Uh. And he gets to act like he's fighting against it. And these, oh, these Democrats, oh, why, I, I can't believe they won't caucus with us. But that's the way, you know, that's the way politics go. They don't always vote with you. And this wow. fucking son of a bitch is going to be the next Hillary Clinton. And this asshole is running for president. And fuck Cuomo. No. No Hillary. No Cuomo. Yeah. No Tom Perez, no Cory Booker, no Nancy Pelosi, no Chuck Schumer. Fuck these fools. Like, we're, the, we just can't, we gotta do something about money in politics. It's insane. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked for hours upon hours on end about that thing, and it's just, there, there's no way. I mean, just like how fucked up insurance is and everything. Yeah. Like, there's so much money mm-hmm. involved with insurance that we will never. The, yeah, the only way to do it is, like, if you can get, like, money out of politics. Because yeah. they're paid to lose. Like, the Democrats yeah. are paid to lose. Yeah. Like, Cuomo would be perfectly happy if no Wall Street regulations happen. Like, New York has some of the of the loosest campaign finance laws already. Yeah. And that son of a bitch isn't going to do anything about it. That's so crazy. Oh. It, it's, it just pisses me off so much. Like, I can't... I can't deal with this, and I and I see and I see from like people like that are like normal, sensible people. They're like, "Oh, I can't believe Bernie Sanders came out against abortion." Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not what fucking happened. He lined up with the rest of the Democrats, which I don't think he should have. Yeah. Like, I think he should. I think any. I think pro-choice, like that, should be one of the things. Pro-choice and money and politics should be the two things. They're like, there's no, there's no budging on. But <sighs> you know, I don't know if it's like a shitty red district, and like one Democrat, like. I don't like it, but it's not... It, Bernie Sanders hasn't said anything that's against abortion. Quite yeah. the opposite. But why do you think he's playing so nice with the Democrats? I because, What is the benefit for him? Well, because he's the most popular politician in the country, and, okay. like, odds are, 
like he has a strong possibility of being the next president. Like if he can get Still, through the machine, absolutely. He's too popular. To see the one thing that works in his favor, and that I mean, he almost beat Hillary Clinton, who had all the money in the world yeah, behind her. Definitely. The thing he's got in his favor is he's incredibly popular because yeah. he speaks honestly because he hasn't been bought. Like, Hillary Clinton hymns and haws and is full of shit, and of everything course. she says sounds like a goddamn lie, and it usually is. Like, she's awful. And, like, everyone knows, like, the things that are good about her are tepid at best. Yeah. So, because, like, if you're the less you're tied to the fucking money, the more you can be free to make things that are popular. You can be a populist candidate. Like, Donald Trump ran as a populist. Like, he's an idiot, and he lied to people, but he told a lot of people things that sounded good to them. Like, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders says things that make people, that people like, because they're good ideas. Yeah. And Hillary Clinton didn't have that option, because she's tied to fucking Wall Street in a thousand ways. And she doesn't yeah. want to. Like, and everyone, everyone in her bubble is tied to the same money. And the, and the lobbyists are all connected. Everything's connected. And it's like, well, I can't have my good friend, I can't do something that would put my good friend out of work. Uh, this corporation's been really good to me, I'm gonna help them out. Like, it's in small ways, but it's a yeah. thousand ties to money that, like, a Bernie Sanders doesn't have, so he's free to say, like, good ideas. Yeah. And he's so popular, the one thing you have in your, in your pocket on that is the vote because it does come down to people vote and yeah. you can't I mean you can to a degree and the Republicans are very good at getting rid of votes but oh, yeah. I mean when it comes down to it you get the most votes you win yeah. and Bernie Sanders made like a made up like a like a 35 point lead from Hillary Clinton like he almost took her down it was close it was damn it was. close yeah and a lot of sketchy things went on that it could have been a lot closer, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, the media wasn't on his side at yeah. all, and that, I think that was a big thing that really made it. Because one of the things I don't like about the process is that, you know, it's sort of like state by state, mm -hmm. or, you know, a few states here, a few states there that are, are voting, and, you know, if you're toward the end, you're... You, go, you almost give up in a way, or, you know, you're just like, well, I've got to be smart about my vote, you know, maybe I should vote for Clinton, blah, 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 you know, because she's most likely, you know, exactly. whatever. And it's just like, that's not the way to do it, no. I don't think. And the media was fucking garbage the whole time. Yeah. Because the media the whole time said Bernie Sanders can't win, Bernie Sanders can't win. Uh, if you vote for Bernie, you're throwing your vote away. I mean, it, it, despite the fact that every poll said uh, he would beat Donald Trump, like, in a landslide. Oh, yeah. Big time. And on Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, it was always neck to neck. There was never a time when it wasn't more than, like, yeah. five points difference. Like, no. that should have said something. He's Donald Trump. Like, if you can't beat him in a landslide, you're a goddamn failure that belongs, like, in the woods. Never to come back. Yeah. I, like, I can't believe we're still arguing, like, why Hillary lost the election. Was it just sexism? No. no. No, if Elizabeth Warren had ran for president, she would have won in a landslide. Yeah. Hillary Clinton is the most flawed candidate the Democrats could have put up. But the next election, Mario Cuomo? Some people remember, like, um, Mario, Andrew Cuomo. Um, some people remember Mario Cuomo. But, like, do enough people still voting remember Mario Cuomo? Because that's the only thing Andrew Cuomo's got going for him. Yeah, yeah. Like, because uh, Cuomo was, you know, he was good in his time. Absolutely, but... No, nobody, nobody, that, that name doesn't, like, outside of, like, New York, people don't know who that is. I'm sure, yeah. Like, it's been too long. It's been too long. That, it doesn't have the name recognition of, of a Clinton. Definitely. No, no. So, he doesn't have that advantage. So, the DNC can try all they want, but 
it's not gonna happen. And I don't think Cuomo, like fucking Cuomo, yeah. no, he he's not gonna take down Bernie Sanders. Like you can't. Like he's too fucking popular. And but people are trying, and they're trying already, and it's fucking pissing me off. Yeah. Like do some research, people, because it's fucking insane. I can't deal with it. So that's some uplifting political yeah. topics. Just keep hope alive, Brad. Hey, that's what, hey, let's. I'm just here. I'm here with a Pepsi, just trying to start the conversation. That's how you do it. <laughs> By a that's Pepsi, I mean some whiskey. Yeah, you know, uh, ladies are out, so we figured, hey, we'll we'll have a little bit of whiskey. You know, why not? Definitely. <laughs> for a little bit. Um, you ready for some news? I am. Okay. Uh, I got some good, hard-hitting news for you, friend. Um. What makes Japanese kids such healthy eaters? <laughs> it's all about the careful and conscious way in which Japanese parents teach their children about food. Um, so this article goes on to talk about um, basically how how Japanese kids are eating better. And because um, there's a few different reasons that meals are nutritionally satisfying. Um, they consist of, you know, a few different things. Um, and they're smaller amounts of meat, dairy, and sugar like we would have in the U.S. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, eating is celebrated there, hmm. which I feel like eating is celebrated here as well. I think but, eating is celebrated, it's in general. I- but I, I think it's a, a different kind of way, and I think um, maybe in different cultures they respect the food. A little bit more. I mean, in a different uh, way. just just a spoiler alert for something we're talking about later. I think that's definitely the case. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. But uh, yeah, so uh, and portions are small. There's an old Japanese saying that says, "He who has a stomach full only eighty percent will not need a doctor." Mm. I mean, that's a fact, right? Nice. I feel like that's a, that's, that's a fact. Um, and then kids are physically active there. Um, it says, and this is kind of crazy, that um, there's an estimate that suggests that 98% of kids in Japan get to school without cars. Hmm. It's either bike or walking or whatever. 98%. Wow. Like that, I mean, that's a lot. But, you know, it's just a different way it's, of life. It's a different yeah. culture. You know, the, things are closer together, exactly, I imagine. Yeah. You know, so you're able to walk places and it's not a big deal. I mean, could you imagine in like, you know parts of this country it's like how i mean where you grew up oh yeah it i was, mean imagine how far different places are it was a, it was like a 45 minute drive to school like i'm sure at least at least because it was way out in the country yeah i mean it's yeah well our cities are just badly planned yeah big to well orlando especially oh orlando's <laughs> nonsense i still don't understand this place it's the worst but uh yeah so uh that's uh, a few of the reasons why uh Japanese kids, Japanese kids uh, aren't fatos. Okay, like our American kids. Now, uh, now, but <laughs> now, are they also eating um, uh, toaster strudels for breakfast? Because that was definitely a thing when we were kids. A fucking oh, yeah. a, a gross pastry that like yeah. you put in a toaster and then pour like weird icing on. And that kind of stuff is still a thing. I mean, I don't, I don't know if toaster strudels are as big, but you know, we've got those little like. Uh, like muffin things that aren't mm-hmm. the little bites, you know, yeah. and it's uh, just like sugary, oh, yeah. whatever. I mean, all muffins br- probably aren't, you know, your, your nightmares number one breakfast choice, but these especially are just like chock full of like sugar and yeah. just garbage down. 
um, that kids eat and, you know, we'll eat for breakfast. Because, you know, I mean, I guess it's a different lifestyle in a way, too, because we're go, 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 and I guess maybe not respecting the food and understanding things kind of make it where you're just like, oh, yeah, processed shit, whatever, who cares? Just get it in. Does Josie still eat, like, um, like three strawberries in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yeah, just eats a couple strawberries in the morning and and she's good to go. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Actually, this week's it's peaches because, uh, peaches, uh, we got some at the farmer's market. Is it, is it weird? Like, like a, um, like a fourth of a peach and like, well, it's like the smallest peach ever, but they are like sliced. And so she probably only ends up having like maybe four or five slices. Okay. And you probably can get like eight to 12 maybe slices out of a peach depending on the size. Yeah. amazing like I, I was like wow yeah she, i mean she's a tiny little kid i guess like it makes sense but yeah she's in i think it's the sixth percentile for weight so basically she's one percent over um having like a medical issue yes. <laughs> where it was like be like but the doctor wasn't like worried about it she's like yeah. you know this is what she's been trending like forever mm-hmm. so it's it's fine uh, but you know, she's like, if it was one or two percent less, then we would have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, it she's a teacher little human. Yeah, look it. Um, so another uh, hard-hitting news: uh, restaurants thwart Japan's push toward a smoke-free Olympics. Uh, so Tokyo, they're going to be um, hosting the Olympics again, and I guess in Japanese restaurants, you can still smoke. Hmm. Which I, I was a little surprised of, and especially after, you know, talking about, hey, Japanese kids are healthy and yeah. all this different stuff and, you know, healthy living. But I guess that's still a thing where you can, like, smoke in public places. So there's um, a bill that they're trying to pass that would restrict uh, smoking in all public places, like schools, hospitals, government buildings, bars, restaurants. Hospital? Wait, you can smoke in a hospital? Yes. And it's opposed by about 90% of the lawmakers in Japan's ruling Liberal Democratic Party. Now, do all their rulers, like, smoke, like, giant cigars and they're just real assholes? Is Probably. That, is that what's going on? Yeah. I guess the, the issue is that they would put bars and restaurants out of business. Because I guess it's such a big thing there. Which I can't imagine. Yeah, I, You know, I've never gotten the opportunity to go to Japan or anything, so... I don't know, maybe someone can tell us how it oh, is there. But, that sounds um, terrible. Yeah, I was really surprised, because oh, I'm just like, no. I, I think that's one of the best things that we've done, is to not have yeah. smoking in restaurants and public places. Because, yeah. I mean, it's not all that long ago, but it sounds like all that long ago when you've been asked, like, smoking or not smoking. Oh, yeah. Like, like that was such a thing. Like, And when did that change? Because, like, it's... It was all of a sudden, yeah, right? It just seemed like it was one day. I was like, oh, there's no more smoking session. And I feel like some it was like phased out, too. Yeah, I mean, there was like a phasing of sorts. You know, like some things were phased out quicker than others. Like, obviously, wow. like planes. Like, I don't even know if we were alive when you could smoke on planes. But they still have the wow. no smoking signs and all that. Yeah, I don't... I, I can't remember ever wow. being on a plane where you could actually mm. smoke. That would be terrible. But I, yeah, I could be wrong. But I, I mean, I think that was... That was something that was probably banned a long time ago. I thought so. Um, October first, two thousand and three. Wow. I because th- I, I was like I yeah I, I swear I vaguely remember like 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 senior year of high school like going to restaurants with friends and like oh like, and then like, you couldn't anyway and like like hey see is, is they're doing another smoking section and then it's I remember like me being in college and like one day Perkins uh, didn't have uh, the smoking section. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I can't believe in Japan 
that they would still like have a smoking section, and it's such a big deal. That's pretty crazy. So uh, another hard hitting news. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, ramen with deep fried insects is a sellout in Tokyo. Mm. Uh, we're just looking at a wonderful picture of some uh, ramen noodles. And um, some fucking insects that people are just eating. So that's a thing that's happening. I guess it, it was just like a one single day event at a particular ramen restaurant. And uh, they sold out of 100 bowls of insect noodles. So, and uh, the noodles were topped with a dozen small crickets, mealworms, which customers then dipped into soups flavored with crickets grasshoppers, or silkworm powder. Hmm. So, that's a, that's a yummy thing. Yikes. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my hard-hitting news. Wow. Um, Dan, yeah, I've got some, some news that may hit you hard. Okay. Um, guys, um, I got some bad news. There's some Uh-oh. people that they're, they're very upset. Um. Okay. And it's about Legoland. Oh, no. Yeah, Dan, I know you're you're a big oh, Lego fan. Yeah, I'm an enthusiast. I mean, you're, you're not only you're an enthusiast, you're a professional uh, Legoer. Yeah. And I am an AFOL, oh. an adult fan of Lego. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, listen. <laughs> well, then I'm sure you're aware of the controversy. I don't know if I am. I'm, I'm oh. waiting on pins and needles here. Well, uh... There's a man out there, and well, there's some men out there, and they're very, very furious because Lego's discriminating. Oh, boy. Turns out, uh, if you do not have a child with you, you are no longer allowed in Legoland Discovery Centers. Oh, okay. Ugh. If you gotta have a child. If you don't come with a child, you're not allowed. Now, Legoland Discovery Centers are not, is not Legoland proper. Um, this is like the, the kitty area inside Legoland. Yeah, I'm trying to... F- I don't know if I know right offhand what the Discovery Center is. Oh, okay. The Lego Land Discovery Center, which describes itself as the ultimate indoor Lego playground, does not allow adults over the age of 17 unless they're bringing a child. So, okay. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. To, I, I've never been to one. There, there's not one in uh, Florida. Um, but what it looks like to me is a children's museum. Mm-hmm. Now, you probably have never been to a children's museum. No. Because you're an adult man. Right. Who does not have a child. Mm-hmm. So, children's museums are typically, they're really big for, like, toddler age. Mm-hmm. But they can go up to about 10, 12-ish. Yeah. Um, as far as, like, interest level. Um, when we were in New York recently, Josie went to a children's museum, the Brooklyn Children Children's Museum. And I thought she kind of aged out of it. But she liked it. And... There's little, like, you play around with, like, fake supermarket food, and there's just, like, little things that you look at, whatever. It's it's very interactive. That's why it's so right. great for, like, the toddler age. There's also, like, a little playground area with, like, a swing set and, like, on, like, a ball pit. It's, it's real great for kids. Um, yeah, so this Legoland Discovery, yeah. It's, um, this is not... So, well, let me just tell you. Okay. I was reading some quotes here. Absolutely disgusted to hear you will discriminate on grounds of age. Lego is something that is enjoyed across all of the ages. I personally have thousands of dollars worth of creator and architecture series. I hope you've done your homework on this one because I will be making a complaint to VCAT if you knock me back on the grounds of age and I will encourage others to do as well. 
God. Someone else quotes, I was going to visit Chadstone to see Legoland, but can't even enter. What a discrimination to... What a discrimination to age entry. Another wrote, boycotting Legoland. Very upset. <laughs> Shaking fist. No. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. Uh, this is happening in Melbourne, Australia. So, Dan, I don't know if you oh, you may be okay, okay. with the, with the local um, if you want to go and not take Josie. Well, you know, um, um, I know some people in in Australia. There, they are huge Lego fans out there. There's some hardcore people out there, and they actually do like big um, Lego installations mm -hmm. in uh, different parts of Australia. It's, it's a big thing. Yeah. Um, now there, there is um, a, a comment from uh, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure a friend of yours um, posted. Uh, uh, the age restriction is a fact. Some that some self-described AFOLs, adult fan mm -hmm. Legos, um, said any true fan would know before splashing seventy-seven dollars on an annual pass. So uh, we got a re we got a real rift in the AFOL community. Um, but someone else wrote it positively. Uh, uh, my three-year-old enjoyed playing, <laughs> enjoyed the playground, but it wasn't interested in much else. So you know, there's there's other points of view. Some people are quite happy with this ban of uh, grown-ass dudes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, okay, so the, it's borderline. So I'm looking right now because I've never been to a Legoland Discovery Center. Mm -hmm. I've been to like the regular Legoland, and so some of the things I think they would have that like an adult would like is they do have a mini land, mm -hmm. which is like a bunch of um, MOCs, you know, my own creations of okay. course, of Legos. And they're too, um, they usually like um, are made to look like uh, a city or something like that. And sometimes like a famous city, you know, mm -hmm. something that that's an actual thing that you would know and recognize. So that's mini land. And they do have that at Legoland. I like the actual like theme park. And then there's I don't know if adult would really just want to do this by themselves, but there's this thing called Kingdom Quest, and it, it's one of those rides where you have, like, a little gun and you shoot things mm -hmm. and stuff. Oh, you mean, like, the ones at Disney that I don't go to as a single man alone because it feels creepy and I would never do that? That's true. I guess you don't go to those. Yeah, those. yeah. It's uh, so my how own about, choice. How about Men in Black at Universal? I did it once, but I okay. felt super weird the whole oh, time. You? Okay. Because they right. do it. They have a single rider line, so yeah, they you do. can just do that. Yeah. Um, but then I was just with this group, and I was like, this feels so weird. Yeah. I will never do this again. But other than that, what I can see from here, yeah, like, this is, this is not you, something like, for adults. There's, like, do a, the, like, it's part of Legoland. Like, you can do other shit at Legoland if you're going to Legoland. Also, just go go buy some Legos and build something. Like, I don't what's your deal? Yeah, it's really weird. And what's funny about it is because, actually, Lego, just in general, as a company... Um, they're very inclusive, very smart about things. I was actually thinking about this the other day because, um, Josie's teacher was telling me, um, that Lego, they're actually going to be changing, um, what they make, uh, Legos out of. It's not going to be like plastic anymore. Huh. I don't know all the details. I had heard that this was happening. Um, and so, you know, of course some people are like freaking out about it and some people are like, no, this is a good choice. Like... Plastic, you know, isn't environmentally friendly, and, you know, uh, they make just very good choices in that way. I love all the things that they've done with um, Legos, um, I don't want to say for girls, but they have a line that's called Lego Friends, which I imagine um, it, it is targeted for girls, but they just also have, like, different, like, color pieces and all kinds of fun stuff. Um... 
And they're, they're just trying to really make something for everybody. Yeah. And I will say this. They are very good to their adult fans. I mean, because they're the ones that are shelling out money for, wow. like, this, like, there's a, a Pirates of the Caribbean um, boat that looks really cool that just came out. And it's, like, over $300. And, like, I mean, crazy yeah. sets yeah. that kids aren't buying. Of course. Let's be clear. Yeah. There aren't many parents that are going to be buying that shit for their kids. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the the adults are taken care of. Especially, like, what this person was saying, like, the architect things and stuff like that. That isn't for kids. Like, little architect building shit. They, they, they yeah. don't care about that. Well, that's, that's what he's saying. He spent all that money on that. So why should he be discriminated against at Legoland? He wants to, he wants us to go. He wants to play the shooty game. He wants to swing on the swing. Oh, he wants to see the miniatures. Yeah. Mm. No. I Listen, yeah, listen. Out. This place is, is aimed towards children. Yeah. It's for everyone, but it's aimed towards children. This specific area in Legoland is yeah. aimed towards children. You gotta, like, it's a safety issue. We live in Chris yeah. Hansen times. And there's a couple other things that Lego does. Like, um, at their Lego stores... Um, there's like a free build that they do every month, mm-hmm. um, but it's only for kids 12 and under or something like that. Like there's an age yeah. restriction on it. Like you can't, you know, which makes sense. It's like a free thing for the kids, yeah. like for the main target of who Lego is for. Yeah. Like all that stuff makes sense. That, yeah, that's wacky. I don't know about yeah, that one. that's, yeah. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, the some worst. dudes are the just worst. like, come on, oh. chill out. Ugh, can't deal with it. So wacky. Guys, I just want to, for, for a quick little second, I want to jump into a, a, uh, a larger Locks literary lounge. Okay. Um, I stepped away from uh, Prussian history for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get back in because we're, we're getting near uh, Congress of Vienna, Vienna times, and that's definitely going to be kind of what I've been waiting for. So I'm excited about that, but I put that on hold because I wanted to reread Don Quixote because it's been... Probably ten years since I've read it, like cover to cover, and it's, I like I stand by. It's my favorite thing ever written. Um, it is my favorite book. I read it for the first time like the summer before I went to seventh grade, I think. Okay. And it fucking blew me away. And forever and always, it's the best. Nice. Like I reread it at some point when I was in college. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is still the best. <laughs> and, still stands uh, up. And I'm reading it again now, and I'm like, yeah. Definitely. Nice. Um, but, like, there's just so much in it. Like, I just wanted to jump into because, like, I, most people haven't read it cover to cover. Mm-hmm. And they really fucking should because there's just there's just so much in it. And, like, it's it's hard to describe how amazing this book is because it's, it's generally described as the first modern novel. Okay. And it's also, like, the very... It's also the very... The first, like, um... Postmodern, like uh, meta novel as well. Like, there's so much stuff going on. It's it's really playing with conventions because if you've ever read like any of like the old like um like uh like medieval like um stories, like if you go back to Canterbury Tales, mm-hmm. or Arabian yeah. Nights, or um the King Arthur stuff, the Mort Arthur, or, or the Songs of Roland, all of that, like they all have this very similar like. There are all these like stories upon stories, stories in stories. Mm-hmm. Everyone's telling stories. To everyone else. It's just all these ways to like 
to like bulk this thing up really because it's yeah it's just because you, when you're putting these books together in those times like to put a book together was a it was an endeavor mm-hmm. so you have lots of little stories that are like part of that bigger piece um and it's all very episodic um okay but in Don Quixote, it plays with that, and it's just, it's so amazing, because it starts off, like, the first, um, the very beginning, you get some, like, sonnets that are, like, about the characters, and it's, like, and it's very much in the style of the time, but everything is with such, it's so tongue-in-cheek, because it's also a parody of that style. Okay. Which is, it's fucking amazing. Like, so there's, like, uh, an ode to Don Quixote's horse, and it's, like, describing it as this um, majestic steed, because part of the premise of the book is like you're getting so every once in a while you get um Cervantes um the, the writer um commenting on how he found these histories and how he's putting them together oh and these are some of the the sonnets that were written for the great Don Quixote and I found these doing this research and it's this whole like meta tale of how he's putting it together while you're getting the story whoa and like you know you only hear about like the fucking windmills oh he fought windmills but that's like it's that's nothing that's like happens like very early on and then it's nothing yeah, and it's also it's broken into two books. Like the the second half he okay. wrote um, much later, and it's it's very different. But I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But these stories are 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 on top of each other. And there's there's a one part where they get to an inn, and that's really you get like a bunch of characters with a bunch of stories, and it's really it's hmm. spiraling out, and it's story upon story, and it's really Arabian Nights like in that. Okay. And one of the things in that that I just I forgot about completely was um, what's called the. They find in the end they find a novel. Okay. Um, and it's this is of course coming from translation, of course, and I've got a really good translation. Okay. Um, that I'm quite enjoying. Um. Um. It's the the novel is uh, um the man who was recklessly curious. Ah. Uh. And I I don't know I don't know how I forgot this, but I forgot this, and it's kind of a big chunk, like where they're just reading this novel in the end, and it's like and it, like Don Quixote's like he's like been knocked out and he's like in bed like. Um, thinking he's fighting um, a giant or something, and he like <laughs> slashes a wine cask open, and uh, antics ensue. But meanwhile, everyone else, like the barber and the priest uh-huh. and the innkeeper and all these other characters we met along the way, are are like in the end, and they're reading the story. Um, the man who is recklessly curious, which is um, it's it's where we get the word Lothario from. Okay. Um, because it's. It's the story of these two guys that were the best of friends, and by my um, um, translation, they were su- they were such good friends. They were known as the two friends, <laughs> and of course this is Spanish, so I'm like, so the two amigos. Yeah, the, the two amigos. The two like amigos. I, I already love the fact that there's a story called the two amigos. That's hilarious, and it's such a good story. Like I, I don't know, like is it a, and it's a pretty it's a it's a good little chunk. Like it's one of the larger stories in of the stories that are inside Don Quixote. And it basically is this there's this guy and he like him and his friend, the two amigos. Um <laughs> it's it's there's a guy, um I forget his name. Uh Anselmo. So Anselmo and Lothario are our two 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 amigos. The two the two amigos. The two amigos. <laughs> um everyone knows like they're the best of friends. And then Anselmo um falls in love, he marries this woman and and all of a sudden, Lothario's like, you know what? I'm not going to come to your house all the time because you just got married. Like, And I wouldn't want anybody to think anything's inappropriate going on, obviously. Because, okay. uh, like, you know, you got your wife there, and I don't want people to think I'm trying to, like, get up on your wife. Because gotcha. I am a good friend, and I'm worried about, you know, your good name. And he's like, no, don't be ridiculous. Come on over. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. fine. And, of course, I'm thinking, because I have the context that we have now of Lothario. 
obviously. Yeah. And knowing that this is where Lothario comes from, but I haven't read this in, you know, like, ten years, so I don't remember the specifics of this. Okay, gotcha. Um, and so the whole thing is, like, eventually he's like, listen, I want to make sure my wife isn't going to cheat on me. And Lothario's like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 cool. It'll be cool, it'll be cool. I just want you to, like, try to hit on my wife, and just let's see what she does. Make sure everything's going to be cool. <laughs> and he's like, fuck no. A, have you thought about this? Because what if she goes for it? That that sucks for you. You're better off not knowing. Um, two, um, I look like an asshole. She's gonna think I'm some kind of fucking asshole hitting on you, hitting on her. Like, what's that about? She's never gonna want me around again. Yeah. He's like, no, no, cool, it'll be cool, cool. I'll, I'll tell her like after the fact. I just wanna make sure. He's like, no. There's nothing that could come of this that's good. Yeah. And he spends forever trying to talk his friend out. He's like, listen, just do it. Listen, okay. I'll invite you over tomorrow, and I'll just leave the room. I'll like, I'll like, go out and do something. And you try, and Lothario's like, fine, fine, we'll do this. If there's no other way, and he spends a while trying to talk him out of it, and so Lothario's like, I'm just not gonna do it. <laughs> just gonna. Yeah. And then uh, afterwards, his friend came back and he talks to him. He's like, so how'd it go? What happened? I tried. She just shut me down. Just shut me down cold. <laughs> Nothing. He's like, I think you need to try harder. <laughs> and Lothario's like, no, I don't want to fucking do this. So this goes on for a while. He keeps trying. He's not. He's like, no, no. He's like, okay, okay, all right. One last time. I'm going to go away for, like, two weeks, and I'm going to have you stay at our house. I'm going to tell her that you're there to, like, keep a, keep an eye on accounts. And she's like, but why? Like, I, listen, I know how to do all this shit. We don't need this guy around. That's weird. Um, no thanks. And he's like, no, it's cool. Sorry. That's the rules. Um, he's going to be staying here. He's my friend. Um, you're going to treat him with respect. Um, I'm going to go away for two weeks, and then I'll be back. <laughs> so then Lothario, because he's, he's like... He's been caught. He, caught, he got caught lying, because uh, at one point Anselmo, like, watched him and, like, realized that he wasn't doing anything. So uh, now he's like, alright, uh, fucking, I'll do it for real. So then he does this two weeks bullshit, and, Lothar- and Lothario is like, trying to, like, figure out how to do this, and, like, he's, he keeps, like, trying to, like, make a move, and then he ends up falling in love with her, because he spent uh, all this fucking time yeah. with her, and now he's, like, trying to woo her for two weeks, and she keeps turning him down, and, she's, and he's like, ah, oh, she's so great, she's so devoted to her husband, she's, like, this great person, and... Oh, boy, and he falls in love with her. Like, <laughs> so then there's, like, all this, like, bullshit of, like, and they're, like, trying to hide it, and and in the end, like, everybody dies, pretty much. Everybody just dies. Nice. <laughs> like, she goes off to a convent, and then, like, oh, every, everybody dies. Like, it all falls apart, but it's, like, and there's, like, an, there's, like, a servant that gets involved, and then the servant finds out that, like, um, Anselmo's wife is cheating on him, and she's like, oh, awesome. Well, like... I've got, like, this boyfriend that, like, lives in the town that nobody knows about. But now that this shit's going on, I didn't know you were cool with this kind of shit. So I'm going to start having him sneak into the house. So, like, all kind of hell's breaking loose. It's it's a really great story. But, like, I love the fact that we get the word Lothario from this dude that was, like, forced into this. And I, I completely forgot that because it's been so long. But it's a That's really funny. good story. I love it. Nice. Yeah. So when you've read it before, have you read it in different translations then? Most I, likely. Yeah, I know I've read, yeah, because I have, I I still, I, the last time I read it, it was the same copy that I, I've had forever, okay, gotcha. so, um, but this is a new one that I got on Kindle and Audible, which are both really good, the Audible version's really good, too, um, nice. so, but it's, I got the same one, obviously, so I can go back and forth, Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really, really fucking good, I just, I like, I'm on the, I, I'm on the second part now, um, and so basically the first book ends kind of abruptly, like, all, like, Don Quixote's finally, like, they finally got him back home. Like, that's been the goal of, like, the priest and, like, the barber. They're like, let's just get this fucking dude back home 
and then we can treat him, and hopefully he won't be crazy anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's in, it's kind of like, okay, they finally get him back home, and that's kind of the end of the book. And it's like, oh, come on, people, we want more. So, like, eventually the Cervantes wrote um, the second book, mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot, like, from get-go, I'm about two-thirds of the way um, through through the entire thing right now. So I'm a good ways into the second book, and it's just... It's already, it's got, like, a darker edge to it. Like, it's, nice. it's, it gets, I know, like, by the end, it's, like, really fucking sad. Because it's, like, like, part of the thing is, like, it's amazing. is like, you see this guy that everyone's like, oh, he's crazy. It's ridiculous. Um, but he's, like, what he's talking about, he's like, listen, we live in a, we live in a terrible age. And uh, I want to bring back the, 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 the knights of old. I want to bring back these values that we've lost in this terrible age. And he's, he's, it's on a crusade. It's, a, like, it's a very noble, like, it's, he's, he's you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. Like I could see Don Quixote like taking out a Tom Perez and Hillary Clinton, like it would be wonderful. Nice. Um, but I, ah, that second book, it like it, it gets dark because you get you see more of like how like cynical everyone else is, uh-huh. and like just how sad and like like he you you just get the sense that he's more like he's desperate. Like he there's times where it, like it seems like he knows that this is all just a thing that he's uh, doing. Okay, and it's just so fucking sad. Wow. Because everyone's just mocking him, and he's like, "No, but this dude's like, this dude's like, great. Like, what are you doing?" Well, now I want to go read it. I really recommend <laughs> it. I, I highly recommend right. it. And there's just some of the stories are so good, and they, it, it holds up. Hmm. And it's such an amazing. It's so modern. Like, it feels very modern, and it's still. And it's this. Like, even if you don't have the context for like the the older things that are it's based on. There's so it's so much parody and like commentary yeah. on that and the style of the time and everything. That's cool. It's the greatest thing I've written. Nice. And it was in the 1600s. Like I like. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Like like when was it? When did it come out? Like, um, hold up. Yeah, 1605. 1605. And then the second volume in 1615. Yeah, I see. I was gonna say like 1630. I was like, oh, okay. Like I, it's I, it's so much earlier. Like that's King James times. King James. Yeah. Like, like I, I love Shakespeare. Shakespeare's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Shakespeare does not feel as as clever and as modern as Don Quixote by far. Yeah, it's amazing. I recommend it. Nice. So that's uh, that's that's my that's my book chat. Okay. Do it up, Dan. Before we go any further, um, okay. I think we just need to quickly uh, um, give some advice. Yes, definitely. In, in a little segment of the show called "Giving Advice the Game." Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people we could give advice to. Um, okay. Um, I'm happen to be on TalkParanormal.com. Okay, great. It's, it's one of my favorite uh, websites, of course. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't it be? Uh, I mean, it's it's where you know it's where you talk about the hard hitting issues of the day. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Now, would okay. you like to help someone with some uh, um, shadow creatures, haunted locations, or energy work? Haunted locations. Haunted locations. Yeah. All right. Let's let's jump into the haunted locations uh, subgroup here. Okay. Um. This is a question mark at the end of it. So. Um, okay. Haunting things to think about. What? Seems like a statement, but okay. it has a question mark. It has a question so, mark. So, um, um, so this is from Lear, um, L-L-Y-R, with a drop-dead Fred, um, avatar. Oh, shit. Um, Lear, um, is, um, hi guys, I'm a Lear. 
Um, also, subtitle, I'm a book hoarder and dust junkie. I had a newcomer, so... Uh, God damn it, Lear. So, I'm a Lear. Hi, guys. Uh... Hi, guys. I'm a Lear. Hey there, everybody. Just thinking today about the time limits on hauntings. <laughs> By this, I mean, I wondered if any of you that believe in ghosts could shed some light on what you will all believe the mechanics to be. Semicolon. <laughs> okay. Do you think there is a time delay between when somebody dies and how their spirits can begin haunting or become attached to a place or object? Is there a waiting period or a period after death where the spirit learns his abilities and figures out how to spirit, in quotes? Mm. Also, does spirit, ta- spirit taunt cautiously, consciously or is haunting something that is totally involuntary and they become trapped in a place or object against their will? And do ghosts eventually fade away? Is there a length of time that a ghost can be a ghost for? If ghosts stick around forever, I haven't heard any stories about ghosts of cavemen, question mark. If a place a ghost haunts moves, if a place a ghost haunts moves, then does the ghost move with it? Would ghosts move with a place over thousands of years of continental drifts? If ghosts are immaterial, how do they stay bound to our planet as it hurtles through the void of space at ridiculous speeds, spinning around the sun and round the galactic center? Is there an immaterial version of our world that follows the exact same path through the universe that ghosts are stuck to? I'm not picking holes or being like, but if ghosts exist, then why not blah blah blah? I'm actually genuinely (laughs) curious and would appreciate input from anybody on any of these questions! Exclamation point. Yours curiously, Lear. Okay. Hmm? I ain't Lear. Hmm? Um. Well, there's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things need to be answered. Um. So is Lear high, or what, what's happening right now um, when Lear, Lear is... is a book hoarder and dust junkie. Um, doesn't say anything about being high. Well, I'm just... Yeah, okay. But he's got a drop-dead friend. <laughs> Hey man! Avatar. Hey man, if ghosts, <laughs> if ghosts stuck to the one place, can they experience Okay, when, when did he post this? This wasn't 420, um, was it? This was um, Mar- this it was, just says this March. It just says March. May, 20, it, it, May okay. of 2016. Okay, so, but, so it doesn't say a, a, a day or anything like that. Uh, May 11. So, okay. 511. Whoa. 511. Makes sense, never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well. First off, Lear, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I know you have a lot of questions, and you need all of these answers. They're very important. Mm-hmm. Um, your questions all are valid mm. and make a lot of sense. Mm. What I would recommend you doing is picking up um, the book, uh, Handbook for the Recently Deceased. Nice. That's featured in um, the documentary Beetlejuice. Okay, all right. Um here you will find all of the questions mm-hmm. that you need answered. Um, it's going to tell you how long it takes from when you die until you become a ghost. It's going to tell you how to be a ghost. I do feel all like the there process. was there was a weird period of time where um, where Gina Davis and it was Gina Davis, right? And mm-hmm. Baldwin, um, yeah. they were like wasn't there like a weird period of time where they were just like not anywhere for a bit like they like they get out of the car and then they like get sucked up into like the weird like yeah like place and then they go back to their house but like a lot of time has passed 
Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm wrong about that. It's been a while. There, there's. I'm sure you have some listeners who are Beetlejuice aficionados, and they can tell us exactly the deal. But to me, it's one of those movies, and really the style of Tim Burton is like you you can never tell exactly when it's happening. Yeah, because it always kind of seems like you know the 50s or something like that. But it's not, you know, because they do look sort of like old timey in a way. And then the family that moves in is very modern, but right. they also come from a different area as well. So there's sure. a few things involved. But yeah, I, I believe there is like, I want to say there's a time jump. I don't know if it's yeah. ever said exactly how long, but you are led to believe that like, it, it has been vacant for a while. Mm-hmm. Just because, just the, because of the condition of the home. Right, right. I just, like, I just remember like, it would be something like, I think like they, the characters were confused, like, What's happening? Why are there people moving to our house all of a sudden? Like, oh yeah, I didn't yeah, remember yeah. if there for was them, actually. Was like... Yeah, I thought for them it was it was uh, like a, a time jump as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but they obviously didn't know that there was a jump. Like, right. Like right. yeah, it was it was. All Which upsetting. I find that to be very upsetting. Like that's like if that was how like if ghosts were real and that's how shit worked. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, wait, what's going on? Whoa. Yeah, like you wake up ah. and it's like all these things have changed. All of a sudden there's hoverboards. What what's going on? What's happening? What's happening? Donald Trump's president? What? I can't. What's happening? Yeah, like you're a dude and, and, and you die and you leave like your your wife and kids or whatever. And then you like come back and you can see them and like she's remarried and like whatever. And, and he's raising your children now. Bull. Not that I've ever thought of that. But ah. it, it's it's a it's a thing that could happen. He hates obviously. Legos. What a fucking dick. What a fucking prick. Uh I would love to go to the Lego Discovery Center. Jesse and I are going to go before she ages out. <laughs> yeah, this will be your last chance. Or, or you rent a kid. <laughs> You're there like oh, the, the night before her 18th birthday. Listen, this is the last time you can get me in here. Come on. Come on, I'll never get to go back. You've got to go. Dad, I don't want to play on the playground. Like, I don't Shut care up! I about need to the... get in here. There's many. There's miniatures. Stop pushing Legos on me, Dad. <laughs> I'm leaving for college soon. This is weird. Don't care about Legos anymore. Oh, I'll, listen, I'll get you three strawberries. Yeah, you'll be fine. You want four? I'll shell out the. I'll shell out that dollar for four. It's fine. I'll have a large breakfast. Yeah, large breakfast. Kids love kids love their strawberries. It is what it is. But yeah, Lear Lear has a lot of lot lot of questions. Um, what are people saying? Like, are they? Because I mean. Is someone, like, itemizing all the questions and just answering every single one? Um, let's, well, let's go for the first one here. Yeah. First one is from a ghost guy. Okay, um, so he knows what's up. Ghost guy, um... He's also a newcomer, though. Oh, but he's from Paranormal... Paranormal R Us is his subtitle, so, uh... Mm. Hmm. Man, you want to know everything, LOL. Being dead isn't, isn't complicated, but it does have its limitations. <laughs> Okay. By about oh god, we're getting in it. We're, he knows. Alright. Ghost guy knows the fact. Oh, By about shit. the second day a person knows that they are dead and What? Um Yep. Uh, and a new sen- new line. It just wasn't a dream. People often move on within three this is all like the, the spacing on this makes no sense. Um <laughs> By about the second day a person knows they are dead and it just wasn't a dream. People often move on within three days. If a person stays longer than that, they u- there usually is some sort of unfinished business holding it all up. A ghost usually remains in the transitional staging existence for as long as it is necessary to facilitate a crossover. 
I fit. I I fit weren't for this stage, the person <laughs> would just fall into the spirit world abruptly. Uh, if it, if it, okay, the yeah, if, if it, if yeah. it, if I fit weren't for the stage, the person <laughs> would just fall into the spirit world abruptly. Ghosts have to find energy in parentheses EMF, obviously. Well, yeah, duh, you fucking idiot. To maintain and <laughs> extend existence in the physical world, some ghosts have the choice of either feeding from the living and endangering their health or crossing over sooner. A ghost may be able to have an easier time if there is a full-time artificial supply of energy. I believe that the spirit world is a parallel dimension that is connected to the physical one. Whether this plane and the other are associated dimensions are destroyed when the sun dissolves is the real question. I, I mean, really, right? What the fuck just happened there? Well, you know, it's a, I mean, it's a valid point. I mean, what happened when the sun dissolves is the, what happens to those dimensions, you know? Oh, oh boy. Ghost guy. Ghost guy. <laughs> he is a ghost guy. Damn it, man. Ooh. Um, by the way, someone asked him, and you know this how, and can prove it how? Yeah, really. Oh, uh, I just gotta read Ghost Guy. He replies, oh. all of this information is compiled in droves on the internet. If you study <laughs> the paranormal aspects of ghosts long enough, the pieces of puzzle come together. It's really an easy and natural process. Just Google any of this stuff. And you may see the connection. So I Google it, and then I may see the connection. It's a fucking magic eye painting. Well, you know, the reason that you may not is just because you're you're closed off. You don't get it. You're thick. You wouldn't understand. <sighs> Ghost guy. Ghost guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the paranormal forums, guys. Yikes. Yikes. It's, it's a real nightmare village. Okay, so... Who's worse here? Is it Lear or is it Ghost Guy? It's Ghost Guy, right? I mean, Ghost Guy is a fucking monster <laughs> and a half. Although Lear does have a drop dead Fred Avatar <laughs> and describes himself as a book hoarder and dust junkie. <laughs> like, um. I I get, what, a dust junkie? A dust junkie. What's a dust junkie? I think, just, he's, just, I think he's just a filthy hoarder. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's all there is to say. Oh. Uh, I gotta log in. I was wanted to see what else Ghost Guy had written, but I had to like yeah. log in for that shit, and I'm not doing that. Ugh, that's there's a there's a band called Dust Junkies. Oh, does one of them like drop dead Fred and hoarding books and asking insane, stupid questions? Yeah, I mean this guy, he looks like him. Oh, he looks like somebody would. No, how does Continental Drift affect ghosts? What? Uh, Why are there cavemen ghosts? What? I don't know, why are all ghosts, like, vaguely from, like, the antebellum south are, like, uh, are, are, like, the Revolutionary War and nothing in between? <sighs> so terrible. Yeah, so Ghost Guy's awful, but yeah, Lear, Lear's not making good life choices yeah, either. I mean, no. come on, come on. Are they ever gonna make a, a Drop Dead Fred, uh, like, reboot? God, that would be terrifying. I mean, the original's terrifying, yeah. but, like, who would play Oof. Drop Dead Fred now? Oh, God. Jim Carrey. Oh. Right? Oh. Yeah. Oh. No, I think it would have to be somebody younger. Like, maybe Jim Carrey, like, in his prime. But yeah, yeah, now. yeah. Okay. Now it would... Um... Oh, okay. Switch it up a little bit. Um, you know, look. We should include everyone in the casting of Drop Dead Fred, right? Like, everyone... 
should be involved. I, I see where you're right? going with this, yeah. So, couple options. Okay. Melissa McCarthy. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um. Also, Donald Glover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's the only black man in Hollywood right now, right? Yeah, yeah he's the only one. So, he's yeah. an Idris Elba. Who? Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. He's English. He doesn't count, wow. right? He's not really black. See, I was going to say he's going to be some of Jeff Dunham's puppet friends. Oh, shit. Like, that... let's let's get that jalapeno guy with a sombrero. Our uh, peanut, huh? How about that old man Walter, huh? Any of those lovable characters? Uh, does Jeff Dunham have, like, a movie? Oh, like, that would be great, right? I if mean, like... I feel like, luckily, like, we, we don't just... I don't know. I was about to say, we don't just give people movies like that anymore. But I, I, then I was like, now Larry Cable guys had like three movies. Yeah, because is he still in movies? I think so. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, he was just in Kindergarten Cop 2. Oh, shit. Yeah, I watched that. How was that? That's about what you would expect. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. No, wait. No, he wasn't in that. That was Dolph Lundgren. Oh, he was, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in something else. I was say, what? He, he was, no, he was in Jingle All the Way too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I sorry. Know I know. I watched two. Uh, okay. Um, Schwarzenegger list uh, sequels back to back. And uh, okay, and they got a one. Little one involved um, American Hero Dolph Lundgren, and the other yes. involved Larry the Cable Guy, and I somehow got them mixed up. <laughs> I had a dollar. Oh. Uh, Dolph Lundgren was great, but it was just the same movie again. So yeah. who cares? Uh. Yeah, there's not, like, a Jeff Dunham movie. I mean, because, like, I just feel like if it was the 80s, like, he would have had some movies with those characters. Yeah, right? Because, like, everybody got movies. Like, I, I know um, they're probably not great movies, but I fucking love both of those Dana Carvey movies. Um, Opportunity Knocks and uh, Clean Slate. Not, yeah. not not the not the other one. We don't talk about the other one. But, uh, oh. that, that one that happened like in the two thousands or whatever. Uh, the, turtle, turtle. Yeah, <laughs> the one the the Masters of Disguise or whatever it was. I don't know what it was called, but yeah, yeah, that was that was a nightmare. But like those I original two eighties like Dana Carvey yeah. movies, I rented the fuck out of those. Yeah, yeah, those are both very good movies. Uh, but yeah, that Masters is a disguise. I never watched that one. That is uh. ju- it just looked terrible just for the previews. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. In the eighties, Jeff Dunham would definitely have something. I mean, he's got like because he had like a TV show or whatever, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. He's. I mean, hey, I can't. I can't believe that dude's still getting work. But I would just love it if like the puppets were like CGI'd. You know, so oh, it's like oh. they look like they're just standing alone in a way. Wow. You know, and he's just interacting with them and doing whatever. That's that's bizarre. Like, then we're going to like next level. Like, yeah. Oh, like animated Jeff Dunham characters. Yeah. He's still doing the voices. Yeah. But he's him in live action. Yeah. Oh fuck! Could you imagine? Drop that dead, Fred. Yeah. Fuck me. Uh, I hope he's lonely at night. <laughs> Jeff Dunham. Yes. Oh no, he's got all his friends with him all the time. <laughs> like he can't. Is he married? Like there's no way, right? Like. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's I mean, married and. Who the who's fucking Jeff Dunham? Someone who likes to live comfortably. Uh, yeah, he, he's been married twice. First to Paige Brown in 1994 to 2008, mm-hmm. and then once he became famous, he's like, "Get rid of this lady," and now he's. Married to Audrey Murdoch. Oh, hey, since of, of, the, of the New England Murdochs? Yeah. <laughs> That's a name. Oh my god. Uh, oh, never mind. Never mind. 
okay. I, I just thought for a second. I saw Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, and I was like, whoa, I lived, like, right there. But no, he was attending Vent Haven Convention, which is a ventriloquism convention that I didn't know happened there. I knew there was, like, a museum, but... Okay, so Audrey Murdoch, or Audrey what? Dunham, is this lady who... Okay. It looks like she's in, like, a fitness competition. Yeah. Um, a, quote, fitness competition. You know, one of these, like, yeah. you wear a bikini and you, you're you all tanned up. And, yeah. And you're kind of dancing, sort of, and it's doing that, your thing. That grizzled female bodybuilder thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, like, taking some taking some supplements of some sort. Yeah. Like, so... That's that's what Jeff Dunham's doing is wow. uh, Oh god damn it. And so now there's a picture of her oh and pregnant. Oh no with one of his characters. Not that she got pregnant by one of his characters. Well, I mean maybe. Maybe you're fucking Jeff Dunham and he's like doing characters hey, as I'm fucking peanut and yeah. I fucked your wife. <laughs> She's gonna have a peanut baby. I don't like this at all. Shut up, Walter! Well, she's a lucky lady because she can have sex with all kinds of monsters um, all the time. When, when the doctor delivers that baby um, and he has his hand up his ass, like, that's going to be something, right? Oh, she, and he's got twins? Oh, gross! Those Jack kids are James. fucked. Yeah. Oh, is... that's not okay. No. This, I wish I never knew. Yeah, we, we just oh. got down a hole, friend. Well, I hope this I hope is... they at least hate each other. Like, oh, I'm sure they have to, I hope to, it's right? a very unhappy relationship. Yeah. I just wish him nothing but misery. Yeah. He's That's a bad it. person. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know about that guy. That is that is insane. Oh, we went down a hole, friends. I mean, we were just talking about I... some amazing paranormal things, and... and... We found the spookiest spooks of all yeah. are right there in real life. Oh, man. And I, I just, like, all these pictures of her that, like, she's all, like, oh, just fitness modeling. Yeah. It's, that's, that's a bizarre world. Yeah, it is. Very bizarre. Uh, but, Audrey Murdoch, that's... Murdoch. That's who he's married to. Oh. The great Audrey Murdoch. Uh, oh, God. I, I'm sorry. I'm still on Wikipedia, and I just... Okay. I didn't... I, I like, I, I knew... I knew a couple of his characters. I was really stretching to okay. get Walter Peanut... Um, I think those are the only ones I named. Oh, Ahmed the Dead Terrorist, of course. Oh, God damn. But, uh, Jose Jalapeno on a Stick is the jalapeno with a hat and a mustache. Wow. There's also Bubba J, Sweet Daddy D. No. Melvin the Superhero Guy, Little Jeff. Ugh. Diane, Ahmed Jr. No. And then there's a whole section of Wikipedia of others. Ugh. Oh, there's a worm inside a tequila bottle. That's great. God, <laughs> fuck. This dude is the worst! Man. But he's probably one of these guys that, like, is working all the time if he wants to, right? And is like, you know, he's like a Jeff Foxworthy, like, you know, one of those dudes that is just, like, constantly working and making dollars. Um, so Melvin, the superhero guy, um, okay. uh, one, of his great, uh, one of his great bits is um, he indicates he has x-ray vision, adding... I love looking at boobies. Fucking hell. This dude has so much goddamn fucking money. Like, if I had, like, a, just a little, little teenser taste of this dude's money, I would never have to complain about anything again in my life. This podcast would be terrible. Um, because it would oh, just be all about, like, hey, um, let me tell you about this new dog I hung out with. <laughs> slash stole. Slash, um, like, bought away from its owner. 
because I can do that because I'm rich. Yeah. Like, I... Well, it sounds like a good podcast. I, it it's sounds really great. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, just so you know, I'm sleeping on a bed of money. Um, I, I snatched a new dog earlier this week. It was great. He's a beautiful dog. He's very cute. I wish you could see him. It's really great. Well, I think that at that point you would upgrade and it would be like um, a video podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it would be like highly produced. <laughs> Definitely. Because, you know, you just pay someone to yeah, do it. Yeah. Why not? Might as well. Might as well get rid of all of our listeners. Like, uh, let's make sure no. this is a podcast for no one. It's the most niche mm-hmm. podcast ever. It's just me talking into a video about a dog I stole that week and showing it off. And then talking about what I did with all my fucking money. Sounds great. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I mean, I'm that's, digging it. That's the kind of chutzpah that makes you a prime <laughs> funder for the Democratic National Convention. It's true. And bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, fucking Jeff Dunham, man. Ugh. That guy, dude. Um, guys, we didn't watch a Punky Brewster or an Alfio of Golden Girls or uh, any sitcoms of the 80s. We, we actually dipped into the first episode of uh, Netflix. Was it? It's not Netflix original. It's... Is it? I think they're trying to say it's a Netflix original. I think this is, they say a lot of things are Netflix originals that aren't Netflix originals. Like, they buy them, and but they're the only place showing them, I guess, in the U.S., is that what it is? I think that's what it is. Oh, okay. I guess. All I right. mean, I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but... Well, it's being sold as a Netflix original. We'll see. All right. Um, Dan, you hit me to this. Um, we're not going to do, like, a like a summary or anything, because I don't know how the hell that would work. <laughs> um, but this is uh, Samurai Gourmet. Yeah, so I... Um, the way I found out about this, and actually, I guess you, you sort of already knew... Uh, a little bit more about this that it, that it was a manga, right? Before right. and but now it's a, a we'll call it a Netflix original, and so um, uh, you know I was on the Netflix one evening, um, you know it was probably a Friday and drinking a little bit and enjoying myself and see Samurai Gourmet. So it's a uh, it's about a six year old dude mm-hmm. who just retires and. Um, just trying to figure out what's going on in life um, in, in his new his new world that he has. It's it's very upsetting because it starts in like it, you get that real feel of like the oppressive like corporate culture and like this dude's yeah. like lived in this for so long because it starts off he's like oh god I didn't I, I'm overslept fuck why didn't anybody wake me up yeah. and it's like hey dummy look at this remember those flowers you got yesterday because you just retired. Um, you don't go to work today, old man. Yeah. Okay, so what's going on? So, the wife, I wonder if she worked before and she's retired now as well? Or, it's tough to say. Yeah. We only watched the first episode, and, um, but I'm just, I'm wondering what's going on in that dynamic. Um, or if she was just, you know, just stayed at home or whatever. It's a homemaker, which is fine. Sure. Um, but what's funny is she's like... Yeah, like, she's doing life. Like, she's like, hey, I'm going to go do some yoga. I'm going to be out all day. Yeah. Which, seemingly, like, this is, like, kind of seems like it's the his first day of retirement. Yeah, that's how I took it. And, like, you think that she'd be like, hey, well, you know, let's hang out or do something. Right. She's like, hey, I'm going to be out all day doing yoga. Yeah. Out all day doing yoga. Okay. Oh, by the way, have you met Jeff Dunham's new character, Yoga? I'm uh, fucking him. Oh, God damn it. I have a puppet baby inside me. Uh, they're twins. 
Oh, hey, uh, I'm yoga. <laughs> oh, look at me get all stretchy. Oh, uh, but yeah, so she's gonna do yoga all day, and she's just like, yeah, don't, don't, don't forget to eat, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, make sure you have lunch. Like, yeah, I just, it's like I, I, I at first I was because uh, you know I, I was very you know you were jumping into a new culture, um, yeah. we're dealing with some subtitles. I'm like, did I miss something? Like, I was like, wait, did he get fired? And like, they're just like they just sent him flowers saying. Congratulations on retirement. He's just finding out. They're like, "Oh, you're not working anymore." I, that's what I. That's what yeah. I thought for a second. But no, it seems like he is. He is just, just a weird fucking show. Yeah, he's just an old man, and this yeah. is his first day of retirement. Yeah, retired, and doing his thing. He's just. He's like very much in like the the whole episode. He's like he's just in this shell shock of like the corporate world. It's like, oh man, I don't even know what to do with myself. Uh, usually, like I I have, to, I have to walk to the bus station. I don't. I just started walking, taking a walk, and oh god, I, I just ended up at the bus station, but. I don't have to go to work. What am I doing? Yeah. And and that's how, like, the... That's the show. Like, he's just doing, like, a voiceover the whole time. And, yeah. and like, is just saying what he's doing and just, like, letting you know his thoughts. And um, then he ends up at this restaurant that, like, apparently, I would imagine he's always passed, right. but never noticed it before. Yeah. You know, because he was always going so quickly. Like, they really make sure to tell you, like what his life was like before. And especially for us, you know, there is a culture thing because it is based in Japan. And so we don't really know that life as much. Right. Like the, the hardcore businessman always moving and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, he goes to this restaurant and you can tell he's a creature of habit. Like, you know, he's like, oh, there's, uh, you know, I won't be able to go to the office cafeteria anymore. I always got set A and blah, blah, blah. And so he goes into this restaurant and, you know, sits down and he's just, like, amazed by everything that's going yeah. on. Because everybody else is, you know, it's, like, lunch. And, like, there's, like, people, you know, that are clearly, like, they're on their, like, a lunch break or something. And, like, they're in a hurry. They're just eating fast. Like, yeah. And he's just, like, taking it all in and, like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Like, I can, I, I can order anything. I can, I can look at this menu forever. I it's just like this wide-eyed, like I'm, I'm not a I'm not a corporate man anymore. No. Oh, and I'm like, oh god, I, I want to quit my job now. I want to quit my job so bad. <laughs> so it's an 18-minute episode, and what about 12 of them is just like food. Mm-hmm. Just so warning, guys. If you end up watching this, make sure you've already eaten, and also something like probably good too. Yeah, like make yeah. sure you ate something like really good like uh, make sure you're 80 percent at least yeah 80 percent otherwise you're gonna be like man that that was pretty good I, that fish looks great yeah it was kind, it's kind of amazing like the way they do it like you just like start to watch the chef and he's just like making all these meals mm. and that's the show like yeah. he's just like making meals and then the main character he's just like basically giving you commentary of what's going on essentially it's so bizarre it's it's amazing like again oh, yeah. 18 minutes like take the time guys yeah. um, and then so he ends up like kind of starting to fantasize a little bit because he's looking at the menu trying to figure out what he wants and he eventually says what he wants and you can tell like he's not used to like taking charge and right. making like specific orders because he's like you know easy on the rice like and it, it takes him a little bit to be like easy on the rice and then he, you know, he wants to make sure he gets what was it, pickled cucumbers? Yeah. You know, and so he starts to look at the menu and he sees the beer. It's so good. 
And he's like, hmm, should I have a beer? What will people think? It's midday. It's midday on it's a middle, middle, middle of a weekday. And he's like, wait, weekdays don't mean shit to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a corporate man. Yeah, I'm not a corporate man. That means nothing. Oh. So then he has, like, what, like a five-minute, like, kind of fantasy about this samurai who yeah. comes in. Because he, at first he, he tries to, like, flag the waitress to order the oh, beer. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, like, she doesn't, like, hear him because he's just, like, you know, kind of mild-mannered and yeah. quiet. Um, and then he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just stick with water for now. But, yeah, and then we go into fantasy land with a samurai. Yeah, so the samurai just comes in and... He goes and sits down, and there's other patrons there that are also samurais, but they're working samurais. Yeah. And so, the this guy, you know, he's like, is like a rogue samurai doing his own thing, and he's just like, you know, miss, sake, you know, and gets his sake right away and just starts to go to town on it, having his sake, and then, you know, orders some food or whatever, and just like, chowing down, and... This whole time, he's just like amazed with the samurai. Yeah, he's like, what's it? Well, what is this? You know, and he's like, is this real life? You know, pretty much. He's like, what's happening? So bizarre. <laughs> yeah, and so what, the samurai ends up having like some sort of scuffle with the other samurai. Yeah, the other samurais are like talking shit about him, and he's like, yeah. And so then he draws his sword on them, and it's like, and there's almost a fight, but he's like, ah, he was just fucking around. Yeah. He just cuts open, like, a chopstick package. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the, the little uh, bitch samurais, like, scatter. <laughs> so great. Um, but yeah, so then he gets, like, out of the fantasy, um, and then he he orders his beer. It's like, I'm a fucking samurai. Like, yeah. I'm not a corporate man. I'll do whatever yeah. fuck I want. I'm gonna be like that samurai. Yeah. Miss, give me a beer. And, and she delivers, a, like, a, a gigantic beer bottle um, and a teensy little glass. Yeah. It's the smallest glass ever. Like, his whole hand, like, oh, the, yeah. you know, fits over it. Definitely. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really bizarre. And, yeah, it's the hugest beer bottle ever. And he ends up ordering another one. Yeah. Like, another beer bottle eventually. It was, uh, um, recently, of course, I was watching, uh, Double Indemnity, um, McMurray or Bust all the way, um, and there's a point, I posted this on Instagram, uh, he goes to a drive-thru to get a beer, which, so amazing, great. what's up, 30s and 40s, um, and, like, this, the waitress delivers, like, a giant bottle of beer in this, in a little glass, very similar, I was like, oh, okay, alright, I guess that's, I guess that's just what happens sometimes in the world. Yeah, that's, that's what you're doing. But, uh, yeah, so he has his beer, and he's eating his food, and they are, like, small little portions. <laughs> you know, they're, like, multiple plates, small little portions of food, and um, he's going to town. But the way that they film this is, like, it's very artfully made. Like, mm -hmm. especially, like, when they're showing all, like, the him, like, you know, the chef, like, cooking and all this. Like, all the cooking shots. Yeah, they're really just breaking it down for you. I was like, that hamburger looks great. What was that? It was a hamburger, a hamburger steak. steak yeah. Is what they called it. Yeah. And it just looked like a straight-up, like, oh, yeah. hamburger patty. Straight, yeah. Like, but it did look delicious. Yeah. I'm like, everything here looks great. Even this fucking just, uh, like, a straight-up hamburger steak looks great. Yeah. It really does. It, it's It's a... It's, it's a very interesting show. Yeah. I've only watched the, the first episode, and that's it. But um, it's really interesting. So he has his beer, and then um, 
you know, he's walking the streets again and just kind of like moseying around, you know, in his new balances, doing what he does. Um, And then, like, there's no one on the streets when he's walking. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, his wife is there. (laughs) And she's like talking and she's like, oh, you know, a little red. And he's like starting to like touch his face and like, maybe I'm a little red, you know, I've been drinking, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's actually referring to herself. Oh, zinger! She says she some a little, little wine for lunch. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, wine at lunch after yoga. Pretty good life, I guess. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and, and that was the show. It was, yeah. and uh, that episode is called Midday Beer at a Restaurant. Ah. <laughs> Very descriptive. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch some more of these because this is this is really good. It's funny, you know, and, and like we said, you know, this first one was 18 minutes. I'm sure the other ones are about the same. And it's just, it's interesting. It's just a little different than what we're used to as like, I guess, American TV viewers or whatever. And um, it's cool. It's, you know, it's cultural. It's, it's fun. It's a little slow moving. Yeah. You know, I mean, because there are just shots of just like food. And the production quality is a little bit different than we're probably used to. And I'm just trying to imagine, like, the American version of this. Oh my goodness! So who's 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 the main character in the American um, version? Well, I do. I know Guy Fieri's in there somewhere. Like, is he? He's he's the samurai. He's he's the samurai, but it's not a samurai. Um, what would he? What's the equivalent? Oh, he's like a cowboy. Oh, cowboy Fieri. I was gonna say he's like the food genie. Oh, <laughs> he's like this genie, and he pops out of nowhere. I mean, I could see him being like the chef, and he's like making everything extreme. It's like, uh, I, I, God, I'd like the extreme wings, but oh, I don't know. That seems that seems a bit much for my taste. Yeah. Come on, get extreme. Yeah, he basically like is like Kool Aid guy, and he like breaks through the wall, <laughs> and he's like, we're gonna get extreme. <laughs> Hawk. Uh. Yeah, yeah, oh. Guy Fieri's got to be it. Because I was gonna think like if you keep it close to the original, the main character is like Anthony Bourdain, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do something like that. Um, but yeah, this is this is like, and I enjoy Anthony Bourdain, but this is like a less pretentious Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> yeah, you know, because he is. He, I, I believe he's a little pretentious. Yeah, uh, but I, I feel like that's his thing too. Right, it's, that's that's the appeal. That's what he does. Yeah, exactly. This no nonsense, whatever. I've been around, blah blah blah. But uh, I've I've read his book Kitchen Confidential, and he is like honest about it. He's like, yeah, I'm a shit chef. Like I was never that great, but nice. you know, I write and I enjoy that and whatever. And you know, I'm passionate about food. But uh, yeah, so yeah, Guy Fieri's in it. Um, oh, or Larry the Cable Guy. Sorry. Or or yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same person. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, it's two halves of the same coin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I thought of cool, yeah, cool. and the, yeah, they're brothers. Oh, <laughs> and so how is that not happen? Yeah, really, that should be a thing. Like, send them to yeah. donut shops across the country. Oh, God damn it! Yeah, so Guy Fieri, he's he's in the kitchen doing like the extreme versions of things, and Larry the Cable Guy, he's out front of house. Okay. And he's, you know, just making sure everyone's having a good time and, uh, you know, really just yucking it up with everybody. Can I get you some more onion blossoms? (laughs) (laughs) Want some cornbread? (laughs) It's kicking. Larry's kicking cornbread. Uh, Yeah. 
And then, like, there there has to be, like, an episode where, like, Bobby Flay is there. And mm. he's, like, this just really, like, douchey competitor, you know, like, competitor, like, a uh, restaurant or something. And uh, he has, like, a chain or something. And he's taking over. And he, like, this wants to be, he wants this to be his, like, restaurant. And, like, him and Guy Fieri have to, like, battle it out. Okay, I've got, I've got, our, okay. okay, so our main guy, okay. um, the old man, it's gonna be fucking, oh crap, I just lost it, I just lost it. <laughs> Jeff Dunham. Oh, uh, Ed Begley Jr. Yes. Because he's, you know, so he's so vegan yeah. and green and everything, he's yeah. like, oh, but I should just have the salad, I, I, yeah. I don't eat meat, I, I can't eat meat, that's, that's wrong, but then, like, oh, fucking Larry the Cable Guy and Guy Fieri, you're like, forcing, like, kicking hot wings on him. Yeah. You're gonna like it. It's cool. <laughs> I love this show. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. That dude is like so green. Yeah. I never checked this out, but you know he had a reality show. Really? And it was like about his life and how oh, he wow. lives. And but you know it was one of those where it seemed like it was really put on, like most reality shows yeah. like that. Like they were trying to make him seem like just really green and whatever and I think he was like doing I, I didn't really catch a whole episode I think I just saw like commercials for it but um yeah and and like I think he like there was one thing where he was like on like a bike like mm-hmm. one of the exercise bikes and it would make like carrot juice or some shit like oh, that yeah. <laughs> like, yeah cause doesn't he like make all the power for his own house something like that right yeah, yeah, I want to say, like, he, he creates his own power. <laughs> like, it's insane. Living with Ed, that was Yeah, the living with Ed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a bizarre one. I mean, that's when they were just giving everybody reality shows. Like, hey, are you kind of like a wacky person? Have a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, um, he, uh, one of the most frequent capers vaguely engaged in is making his home more in environmentally friendly, which he competes with his best friend, Bill Nye. <laughs> like, how? That's great. I mean, like, I don't want to eat any of the food, but I want to go to a dinner party with those two. Could you imagine? Because I, I, like, I mean, of course, like, we can, obviously, we know there's plenty of great uh, vegan foods you can eat that are fine oh, yeah, and delicious. Yeah, of course. But I feel like Ed Bailey no. Jr., like, takes great pride in making things taste like crap. Yeah, he's just eating a carrot and, <laughs> yeah. like, whatever. Oh uh, yeah, I actually uh, I had the I uh, I created these um, carrots myself. Uh, um, I've got my own uh, organic garden, but I actually grew them to have less flavor. Yeah. Uh, the secret was I used my own feces for fertilizer. <laughs> Definitely, it's great. Oh manzies, <laughs> and I was on a carrot diet while I was shitting out for these carrots. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. Alright, well, yeah, guys, uh, Samurai Gourmet, check it out. Yeah, check it It is a good one. It's, 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 yeah. it's different, but it's kooky enough, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's yeah. kind of interesting. So, um, I definitely want to check out some more episodes uh, and see how definitely. it progresses. There's, there's 12 episodes, so, I mean, you could knock that out in Oh, no time. yeah, it's a easy. 20 minute ups? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, get it done. Friends, thank you so much for joining us on this exciting episode of the Ramjack Podcast. Um, Dan, it was a pleasure having you here. Thank you for having me. Um, at my home. It's it was a <laughs> it was a huge it was a huge pleasure to have you in your home. Um, 
I was it was very I was glad to see that when I when I arrived, uh, a microphone prepared and <laughs> much appreciated, ready to go, definitely. <laughs> um, so, where can we find you on the internet? Um, well, I sell real estate nowadays, so um, you can check out my website, sellcfl.com. Even if you don't live in Florida, um, I have contacts all over uh, the U.S. and Canada. If you're looking for a home. Um, I can contact somebody that will help you uh, buy and purchase a home or sell your home. So nice. I'm doing that. Um, and I love how I'm like promoting a professional thing on mm-hmm. Ramjack. No offense. But Timmy last episode was like, hey, you need to sell some fucking houses. Always I, be like, closing. Always be closing. Definitely. Somebody, so. somebody listening has got to be ready to buy a house. I'm thinking so, yeah. right? We're also, if you, if you got something. the money to buy a house, you know there's a donate button on the website, so maybe just put a couple of thoughts behind it. I mean, that house can wait a month. Like, uh, come there on. There you go. Or do both. Do both. You can do both. Buy a slightly smaller house, drop some dollars our way. There uh, you go. Uh, Good to go. Uh, be perfect. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to buy a house someday, too. That'd be nice. <laughs> donate button. Please. But, uh, yeah, so you can check me out there, and then, uh, check me out on Ramjack nowadays until Ooh. we find Alex. He's so. <laughs> lost in the mess. Yeah, sorry. once we find him. Um, oh, d- did you want to play the voicemail? Oh, for Alex? Oh, play the vo- oh, wait. Nope. Nope. Didn't, didn't, did not, did not. Oh. Get, uh, huh. Didn't. Huh, didn't, didn't get one. Didn't, didn't get one. Uh, well, it didn't come through yet. It hasn't come... It hasn't been delivered. It has not come through yet. It hasn't been delivered by the male horse. I have no... None of those things have happened over the past couple of weeks, oh. so... Oh, okay. But hopefully we'll be hearing from him soon? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. Yeah. Look, Brad, you know, it's difficult after you give birth to a child... Mm-hmm. To then um, just start to podcast all of a sudden after you birth a child. I, I forgot that I forgot that um, Alex got into that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger tag <laughs> exactly. in a real junior situation, guys. Um, he hasn't. I didn't want to talk about it because I thought it was his story to tell. But Ooh, did I out him when um, when Alex? When we said Alex was going to have a kid, Alex had a child. Um, he went to Dr. Danny DeVito. <laughs> As one does. As one does. And uh, he, got, he got junior technology, and he birthed a child. Yeah. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, guys, uh, of course, you can email us or call us. Uh, go to the website, ramjackpodcast.com. There's all the loca- all the means of contacting us there. Join the Facebook group, because that's where things happen. And soon I'm going to post like some monsters. Um, you can help remind us of monsters that I might have forgotten. Yes. Um, please, I'm going to post some, and if there's more that we talked about on the podcast in the last year that I might have forgotten, please help, because trying to build out that bracket, and um, I think all of us are going to bring a few monsters, and then I'm probably going to have some uh, um, listener monsters as well. I know Claire sent some monsters. Yeah. So it's going to be... It's going to be an all-monster episode coming up in the near future. Yeah, you, you see someone at a grocery store with a cat in, in the shopping cart, uh, you let us know about it. Yes, Thank you, Claire. This, <laughs> yes. Uh, if you see any monsters, hurry up. This is your last fucking chance. Yes, last call for monsters, um, friends. If, if you, we get your monster um, and we get it after uh, we've already recorded, your monster's lost to the sands of time. It's not going in for next year. No. No, you I'm can't. not keeping track of that. No, nope. no, you you will lose your chance. So, send those monsters in. And finally, we just want to give uh, a strong warning that Jeff Dunham, you better have those fucking twins on you. 
because you're not gonna fucking carry fucking Peanut or Walter or fucking Ahmed the dead terrorist or the fucking racist jalapeno bullshit on a stick <laughs> and try to get fucking admission because that shit does not fly at Lego You better have fucking kids. All right, under 17. Don't try any of your fucking bullshit. Oh, I make funny voices and have racist puppets. That's not going to fly. Get away from those miniatures. They're not for you. They're for children. What's wrong with you? It's nothing sacred. Asshole. Why do you have so much money? Give me some of your money. Just buy a house from Dan. Give a donation. Do something with your life that's good for once. For once, you piece of shit. You know, there's going to be a time in my career where I'm going to have to, like, work with, like, a Jeff Dunham so I can make some money. Like, that's going to be difficult. Because what if Jeff Dunham, like, listens to the podcast and is like, hey, I, I want this guy who's making fun of me for, like, a half hour to to sell me a house. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because the commission on that is going to oh, be s- pretty sweet. Sell that house. Yeah. You sell that asshole a house. But what if he has this whole thing where you have to, like do it in a character, like one of his characters, like he makes a puppet for you. Oh. And you have to show him the house with the, Tammy, I'm really going to be earning my money then. Yeah. You better you uh. better start working on your racist caricatures. Oh, God damn it. <sighs> oh. Goodbye! Bye!